Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey, Arrow. I love that name. Arroyo loves Arrow. How about that, man? When I when I first saw your name, I'm going, oh, really? What's that? So did, is, is this a stage name that you got and you just sat, sat down one day and uh, designed it? Yeah, a stage name. Yeah, I got it when I came out of the womb. Okay. Yes, that was <laughs> my father's name. I'm only the fifth Raymond Arroyo, so I, I earned it. <laughs> that voice of yours, dude, why Why have, is this just your first album? I mean, you, you should have been with us along the way. Well, you know, you know what happens? This is something that I did as a, as a young person. I sang music was always in my life, but I but performing sort of fell away when I went into journalism and, and you know, uh, writing. Yeah. So but it, it's you use all of that. I was trained as an actor, so it was it's very natural to come back to this, really. When you had to make that choice, because I mean, I'm totally with you on that, because once I got into radio, everything else creative had to wait because it was like, OK, dude, one thought per break. You you can't you can't right. be doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it limits you. I mean, in some ways it limits you. But look, I, I consider all of it storytelling, you know, whether I'm writing, whether I'm on TV, whether I'm here with you, it's all really storytelling. So when I was approached to do this Christmas album, Christmas, Merry and Bright, uh, I said, you know, I don't know if I have anything new to bring to Christmas. I mean, everybody's already done it. Yeah. But we went back and I dug into the origin stories of all of these songs. I did a deep dive and I mean context, who wrote it, when, why. Um, and it changed my understanding Arrow, of all of these songs and in some ways deepened them. So I used that research to guide all of our new arrangements. Kevin Koska, who did uh, The Greatest Showman, The yes, Dark Knight, yes. uh, Jungle Book, Lion King, all those things. His background as an arranger is in jazz and big bands. So he orchestrated 12 new songs for us, but he did so with the guidance that I discovered from doing this deep dive into these songs. So we've restored, I like to think we've resituated the songs in their natural setting with a big band accompaniment. And uh, I like that classic sound, you know, I don't like to hear Christmas done in rap or, right. you know, other genres. I mean, some of them are nice, but by and large, I like that classic big band sound is what I hear in my head when I think Christmas. Oh my God, You're, you you must be on my DJ tour because as a mobile entertainer, when it comes to Christmas music, I don't go to the rap. I don't go to those things. I want something as full as this. And I think that's the reason why I'm so attached to Christmas, Merry and Bright is because I know that people will enjoy this. Yeah, no, well, it's amazing. You know, it's it's really, I, I am amazed, Arrows, how it's caught on. I mean, it, we have been on the Billboard jazz charts and the holiday charts for weeks. We were at the top. We are still at the top of Amazon's uh, number one jazz release for months. And I attribute that to the audience. You know, with music, people feel something. It's the feeling that's yeah. being evoked. And I think they're craving joy. I think they're craving something that's both familiar and new. And that's what Christmas is. And when you get that big band accompaniment, um, when you situate it in that way, and I try to impart the lyrics in a way that are, I hope, both smart, with a bit of a smile, with some intelligence, um, it, it, it gives it something new. And um, it's the perfect time at a very dark period in our world 
we need as oh, much light so and joy right as we can that. find. And boy, do these guys bring it. 20 pieces, the NOLA players, they're just incredible. Oh, my God. You just saying that because, you know, everybody's been talking about how this is supposed to be the Roaring Twenties. But when you get an album like this, all of a sudden, I feel like we are back in the Roaring Twenties and we can celebrate this holiday season. And, and you know, I mean, and, and what you're proving inside this storybook with the, with the Christmas Merry and Bright is the fact that you can take a song like Jingle Bells, which has got one hell of a dark side and it's a drinking song. And yet you make it so positive. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun. Well, look, when you realize, you know, a guy named James Lord Pierpont wrote that song. He wrote it in the 1850s in a tavern in Medford, Massachusetts. Now, Medford was known for rum production. And the other thing they were known for was drag races down Salem Street in the snow. So the song is really a girl chasing drinking drag racing song that's what it is and you you can pretend it's something otherwise and look we all have it's not even called jingle bells the song is actually one horse open sleigh but with the third verse arrow is the giveaway Uh, you know now the field is white go it while you're young take the girls tonight and sing this slang song i mean it's right there and and fanny bright remember he he took a remember the first verses uh uh, a day or two ago i thought i'd take a ride i asked miss fanny bright to sit on my side i mean (laughs) they could have named her sarah jones why fanny bright i'll leave it there When you went into that theater, did you have a conversation with the walls and with the seats and things? Because you got to be in there when there was nothing going on. And I mean, did you have a relationship with that theater? Well, you, you mean in New Orleans where we recorded it? Yes. We, we went into Le Petit is an old, old theater. It's been there really for uh, more than 100 years, 200 years. Um, and I, I'd known the house and it was an intimate house right in the French Quarter, right near Jackson Square. And um, we brought the we we chose that because I couldn't get twenty pieces into a recording studio. <laughs> it was too jammed there. So we went to this little theater. So I knew it well. Um, it was very at home, and for us, it became like a reunion site. Uh, it was a place. Many of the guys in my band, these guys have been playing together for twenty and thirty years. They backed Aretha Franklin and Johnny Mathis and uh, uh, Ray Charles. So when they get together, but they've known each other since high school in some cases. So when they get together, there's a brotherhood that's instantaneous. And I really just rode that wave, and we found our New Orleans groove, and off we went. It was fun. It was, and you and you you can't fake that arrow. Right. You can't fake joy. You can't fake that rhythm. That just that, that it's in the pocket. They call it. And uh, we were in the pocket on every song. It was just amazing. Well, listeners need to understand that you, you've got a lot of videos up there that, that, that really embrace this music journey that you're on. Because, and, the, and the thing about it is, so it's, I, ever since I watched Get Back with the Beatles, I want every musician oh, yeah. to give me their story. I want to experience it like you guys were doing it. And to see everybody together recording this music, oh my God, it's like unity like we're not used to. Right. No, no, no. You see, you can feel it. I yeah. mean, it's, it's why I wanted, you know, I'm going on the road with the guys. We're going, we're going on a five city tour uh, starting in Phoenix on Thanksgiving weekend. And then we're in Dallas at the House of Blues with Jose Feliciano. <laughs> uh, and then we go to uh, Tampa and Cleveland. Frankie Avalon's joining me in Cleveland. And then we wind up. It's the most incredible uh, tour. Uh, Arrow at the end, we're at the Ryman Auditorium on December 21st. Oh, Jose wow. Feliciano, the band and me. I mean, it's just it's like a dream. Um, you don't get that kind of not only unity, but communication through music. 
it's a um it's a it's it, you know there are people that play together and i've heard a lot of people play together but they don't play as one this group plays as one yeah. and it was just it, it you'll feel it it's 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 an explosion of joy and a real celebration yeah. and and that's what i wanted to take to people live because it's but it's on the album and it's the reason the album is connected i think yeah i wish you could see my notes it says real musicians real horns in this ai generation i'm getting goosebumps <laughs> from real musicians yeah. i love it well i did too and i you know originally they said look it's cheaper if you record the band let them record for a day yeah. and then you come back later and spend a few days in the you know box and do your vocals I didn't want to do that, Arrow, because I wanted the the connection with the band. And that allows you to change things, move things. They accommodate you. You accommodate them. You get out of the way. You take the extra beat so you can start the note early. There are little things you can't do when you pre-record a band and you don't have the connection. So I, I'm so proud. We were, This is why Frank Sinatra and Nat King Cole recorded with their orchestras. Uh, it gives you a certain um, dynamism and unity and wholeness that you don't get otherwise. And Christmas Merry and Bright has that. And it's a rare album that is recorded in this way today. Everything is either pre-recorded or run through yep. sound fix. And, you know, yep. uh, we didn't do any of that. It's very raw it's a very honest raw album and i love it in this place in music history you bring up frank sinatra and and bing crosby but i have to ask how many people are saying yeah but but raymond i i'm hearing harry connick jr i'm i'm hearing michael buble in your voice are you getting any of those vibes well, no, I, you know, I don't, I don't think about any of that. And really? I, certainly not Harry. You know, Harry grew up around the corner from my grandfather's yes. restaurant. I've yeah. known Harry a long time. So um, it's no, I don't you have to do your own thing. And uh, look, I, I don't pretend that I wasn't inspired by Frank Sinatra. And, and I mean, I saw Frank like 30 times in wow. concert. I love Frank Sinatra. Um, but what I love about Sinatra is his phrasing, his understanding of a lyric so you never want to impersonate anybody. That's that's a, a dead end. But you take the great things that they've given you. It's like a little uh, tradition handed on. But his his understanding of the lyric and his phrasing are unmatched. So that's really what I took from Sinatra. So if you're hearing something, you know, that evokes memories of somebody else that I, I'm, I'm not attempting. Um, but it's it's. It's just my expression of me and my voice, uh, but certainly taking those lessons that I picked up from Sarah Vaughan and Ella Fitzgerald, all of whom I saw live. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Cook, the great Barbara Cook, who a lot of people probably don't know, one of the great singers of the American songbook in the 20th century, certainly. Um, that It's the understanding that uh, is lacking today yeah. and that live touch. And so that's what we're trying to bring back. And preserve. We got to talk about this this five uh, city tour because I I want to know how you're going to physically keep the, those vocals in shape and and what have you learned from the greats that when you're out there that you're not going to some you know football game and things but that that those vocal cords for five nights that's all I need you for Raymond five nights take care of that voice. Well, I you know when I when I decided to do the album again I went back into training you know okay. I, I went to a vocal coach sometimes twice a week I run my my chords every day we you know I do my scales. Um, so there are things you do to preserve the voice and and um, rediscover where to place it, where how to breathe again. Yeah. But once that's done, you're off to the races. Then you just relax in it. No, I don't push it. I don't go and 
scream and yell and do crazy things. So I uh, will be fine for those five dates. So long as I don't get some horrible infection, pray for me. Um, Christmas will be merry and bright on that tour. <laughs> Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Sarah, right, thank you so much.